0: Exhausted, the freedom fighter slumps by a well. He had taken a risk initiating a violent coup, but now he is a failed revolutionary without a friend in the world. A week earlier, he had been a prince in the most powerful court on earth. Now aged 40, he is Egypt's most wanted man. This is the story of Moses. We've moved on about 400 years since the time of Abraham. Abraham's great-grandson, Joseph, had been Egypt's most powerful man. The whole family had moved down to Egypt under the wise rule of Joseph, but when Joseph was dead and buried, the Egyptians forgot the debt that they owed to the Jews. Over the next few centuries, anti-Semitism settled into the Egyptian way of life in the most chillingly familiar way. You can read in Exodus chapter 1 how the Jews were first oppressed, and then enslaved, and finally the labor camps turned into genocide. Pharaoh orders all the Israelite boys to be drowned at birth. Moses was born under this genocidal regime. By rights, he should have been hurled into the river Nile. That should have been his demise. Instead, his mother, when it became too dangerous to hold onto him, she made a miniature ark. And she put him in the ark and pushed him out onto the river. What a poignant moment for a mother. Reminds me of the images that came out of the refugee crisis last year. Babies being passed across borders, which the parents themselves could not cross. Parents handing over their children, not knowing when or even if they would see them again. But the danger is great, and so they hand over their children. Can you put yourself in Moses' mother's shoes? But this is how she saves him. And that's what Moses' name means. It means saved, saved out of water, saved through water. Just like Noah and his giant ark, Moses is saved in this miniature ark, sailing through the waters that might otherwise have killed him. But as he drifts down the river, he is spotted by Pharaoh's daughter. She decides to have mercy on this Hebrew boy, despite her father's orders but she will need a Hebrew mother who could nurse him. Well, they find a very willing volunteer in Moses' mother. And so Moses' mother is then unwittingly employed to raise her own son. Can you put yourself in Moses' mother's shoes now? The whole experience must have been a real death and resurrection for her. As she raises Moses, she is able to teach him the stories of Israel, stories about Abraham and the promises to his seed, his offspring. Stories of how Israel, from Genesis chapter 15, Israel was destined to suffer in Egypt for 400 years. But then the promises said, God would save them through mighty acts of power. That was his upbringing on his Jewish side. And then on the other other hand, Moses was introduced to the royal court in Egypt. Now, by his adoptive family, he was growing in the wealth and power of Egypt, learning their ancient wisdom and ways. In Exodus chapter 2, Moses is aged forty, and he is at the height of his physical and political powers. And at this stage in the story, the reader is thinking, I know how this story goes. I know what's going to happen. Surely Moses will climb through the ranks of the Egyptian court and through political cunning and military might, he's going to liberate the Jews as an inside job. Well, maybe that's what Moses was thinking too, um, but the plan goes horribly wrong. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11, he makes a ham fisted attempt at liberation. Uh, One day he comes across uh, one of his fellow Hebrews being beaten by an Egyptian slave master. And Moses stands up for for his fellow Jew, kills the Egyptian. Uh, And in Acts chapter 7, we learn that this was meant to be the first act in an uprising of the slaves. But the Israelites are not on board with Moses, not at all. They don't join him in this uprising, and the coup is well and truly botched. Pharaoh is very soon alerted to the fact that he's just killed one of his own, one of you know, the Egyptians, and Moses then has to flee into the desert, on the run from the authorities, on the run even from his own people, and so this is where we meet him, collapsed by the well in the wilderness. and This is where Moses will live for the next 40 years, as a stranger in a strange land. You see, that's what he calls his firstborn son. He has a son out there in the wilderness, and he calls him Gershom. In Hebrew, that means stranger. And he says, Exodus 2 verse 22, because I've become a stranger in a strange land. Can you hear the regrets in that? Moses feels completely out of sorts, a total fish out of water. He'd been in the most powerful family in the world. He'd been in the line, in line for the throne of, of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. And now he's just a stranger in a strange land. I wonder if every day he just kicked himself and said, What, what am I doing just shepherding sheep around the wilderness for 40 years? What possible good could it do to shepherd stupid creatures around the, the desert for 40 years? But this is god's context for his mighty deliverance you see the exodus will not be the story of moses this you know cunning mover and shaker who uses his political savvy and his military might exodus will be the story of god's salvation and god does not need a great politician or a military strategist in fact in the exodus god refuses to use a powerful insider to do his work he's going to use a stranger in a strange land do you feel regrets Do you feel like your life was heading in one direction and now all of a sudden it's just gone wrong and you were sure God was going to use you over here and now here you are and all those opportunities have long since passed and how on earth could God make anything good from this situation? Well, learn the lesson. Learn the lesson of Moses. God did not use Moses, the prince of Egypt. He used a despised octogenarian shepherd. God did not raise up a powerful man to get the job done, he brought Moses low because the depths are exactly where God loves to work. As the old 19th century preacher Dwight Moody used to say, Moses spent 40 years thinking he was a somebody, then 40 years realizing he was a nobody, then he spent 40 years realizing what God can do with a somebody who knows they're a nobody.